This is Van Electric Ghost, and we're live on the air with Jay Stables for the first time. I want to welcome you to the Van Electric Ghost podcast. How are you doing tonight? Good. What's going on? I'm glad to be here. Well, we're very happy to have you on. We'd like to talk to people from around the world with different points of view. I want to let people know that we're actually on episode 986 of the podcast, tracking that on Apple Podcast. We've been on the air since 2016. Going to be close to our episode 1000 probably sometime this year. And uh, also want to let you people know that they can check out um, your website. And so we've got that up. And for those of you who are just listening, that's SoberCaddyCreativeAgency.com. And that'll be fully clickable when we're published. But for those of you listening, that's SoberCaddyCreativeAgency.com. And today what we're going to talk about is um, how you can you can change your thinking, your life will change. Um, so uh, however you want to start, can we know that you are a mental health advocate, life coach, business coach, a recovery coach, and a presenter? And given this topic, um, you're also owner and CEO of Sober Caddy Creative Agency. So I don't know how you want to start to introduce yourself to the um, audience, but um, you can take the floor with that. Well, I appreciate it. I mean, uh, so Jay Staples, uh, like you said, Sober Caddy Creative Agency, I started it back in, I want to say 2015. But uh, so we work directly with uh, individuals uh, from executives to athletes to uh, everything kind of in between. Um, Sober mental health uh, substance abuse um, but uh, what I really want to express a lot of my clients uh, I, I pursue an authentically sober uh, platform and what I mean by that is being authentic and just kind of taking away all playing characters and just living you were born an original and you know I think you know too many people are playing uh, characters and so forth so you know, my philosophy is cre- creating or choosing creativity over fear every time. I uh, think it, it leads to a natural leadership kind of uh, energy around you. Uh, so I'm I'm well, I'm open about my struggles um, through the whole thing. But I also believe that fear uh, in the past has, has utterly paralyzed me. And so um, I'm, I love to say I'm, I'm created by nature, grew up in, you know, advertising uh, and, you know, athletics and so forth. So, you know, with that being, with with fear absolutely paralyzing me, I had to get creative and so forth. I can't just ignore fear. Um, it's always going to be there for for me. So, you know, what I think about is, is taking a look at the fear, being open and honest about being paralyzed around it, and then getting creative because life kind of goes on, like life's not going to stop just because I, I've had some, you know, fear or, or guilt or, or shame in my life. So what I love doing is working directly with individuals and companies to bring out authenticity, finding authentic uh, communication, authentic principles, an authentic brand, coming up with uh, an authentic mission statement, both for a company and personal, and just really kind of believing that if we can make small thought changes and small habit changes, we can change our lives. It's it's that simple. So that's kind of where I come from. That That's a really awesome place to be because being a, I'm a creative person, I'm a producer. 
I'm a musician. I'm a software designer. I do have a lot of hats. I'm a podcaster. And I think a lot of limiting beliefs, I deal with a lot of creative people, right? So if you deal with an author or a film director or a painter, a lot of times artists will have limiting beliefs. And what you see is what they have kind of gone beyond the fear of how they how it would be taken and presented it. But a lot of times the process to get there is very um, struggle. You know, they, it's, a, it's a very hard struggle for somebody to feel that they're actually um, not like impersonating. They, they, they think that they, they, they have this fear of actually, you know, not being good enough. And a lot of times, you know, people prevent themselves from self-actualizing to be their very best because of, of fears, because maybe their parents told them, you're never going to be good enough, or they had these limiting beliefs they thought were truths. So it seems like they, in your in your proclaimed like recovered and creative, you kind of tied into the fact that I think all human beings are creative. Being an artist, I, I, I believe that. You don't have to be some great, fantastic, well-known artist to, to use creativity to help yourself. So maybe you can kind of talk about recovered and creative and how that works in your, in your um, from your point of view. Yeah, I think the 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 probably first uh, kind of obstacle or, or or objection is is the people that say like I'm not creative, I don't have a creative book. You know, so I always challenge people on on that philosophy. I, I believe that, you know, you don't have to be selling out arenas as a musician or a orchestra or an artist or really do anything like that. Creativity is is much like fear, much like shame, it's much like loneliness, anger. It kind of, if we can tap into, if we can tap into creativity, um, it, it's gonna flow through. So however, whatever is authentic in your life, you're finding a way to be creative. And, you know, creativity is, is basically projecting your uh, authenticity, authentic values, authentic principles, what you're good at, what kind of makes your soul happy. and projecting that into the world. And so when when I come across people that say, I, I, I don't play an instrument, I don't sing, I, I can't draw, like, you know, creativity to me is, is, is finding what you're authentically meant to be and projecting that into the world. And so we really, I really kind of harp, you know, that creativity kind of, you know, thrust us, uh, you know, into, you know, authenticity and so forth. And so a lot of times when we're tapping into creativity, that's leading to authenticity. Sometimes it's it's the other way around where we really sit down and find out authentic values, authentic principles, kind of going back, what really has made you happy and so forth. Um, you know, but authenticity to me is, you know, we, we grow up, you know, wanting to play characters. Like I work with athletes and you know, when you become a, an athlete in professional ranks, like the quickest thing they do is he's the next so-and-so. He's the next something, you know, he's, they're yeah. never kind of their authentic person. And, you know, sometimes our parents like want to push you into being a lawyer, want to push you into being a doctor, want, you know, and, and so many other times, I mean, there's all this potential people label us and, you know, you're really good at this. I don't understand why you're doing, you know, all this other stuff. And, you know, we're, we're really quick to follow that kind of path. Like some, you know, a lot of people want to chase the dollar. You know, some people are, are chasing whatever. And, 
when I got, when I was going through my struggles and I got sober from drugs and alcohol in 2008, like the, the people said, oh my God, you know, you know, getting sober must've been the hardest thing. The, the hardest thing in my whole journey is the realization how far away from my authentic self that I, I became in 2008, drugs and alcohol and all kinds of life, life, life choices pushed me so far away from who I was authentically meant to be, what passion, what ignites my soul. And so the, the hardest thing for me is kind of was finding who I authentically was and, and tapping into that. And once I did that, once I found out, um, you know, my authentic communication style, my authentic principles, my authentic brand, my authentic, you know, mission statement, things I stand by, things I live by, and I could go into a crowded room and be, and be really happy with who I am and not want to be someone else. Once I got to that point, I realized that life just kind of opened up to me and, you know, more and more opportunities became available. You know, the easiest thing for me to do is to wake up and want to do something else or be someone else or, you know, social media, you know, take five minutes on social media. You want to be some, you know, you want to be the big social media influencer. You want to do this, you want to travel there, you know, so, I have to be careful with social media. I'm not, I'm not perfect by any means. Like my mind starts wandering and I should be doing this or I should be doing that. I should be a professional golfer. I should have get, you know, not given up on my dreams of, of doing this. I should be back in an ad agency. Like I, you know, I thought I was really happy. I should do, you know, what if should us uh, could drive me nuts. But what really what I, you know, is ultimately so, the society always wants us to be someone else, you know, social media, athletes, executives, you know, you know, be this leadership style, do this style, do this, you know, whatever. So, you know, when I get, when I get a lot of executives and athletes and so forth, like the, the, the biggest obstacle is like, they don't necessarily know who they are. Like they may have built a, yeah. a huge company and have and lost themselves completely in that process and when they get to the top and when they you know the money starts rolling in and they're hiring hundreds of people for their organization they got the fancy office and the fancy toys they call me up and say like i've completely lost track of who i who i was and you know given the opportunity like people want to go back to that simpler time and so uh yeah you know and that's that's really the you know so I, I use, I'm, I love sports and I love working with athletes and executives. And most people, I always talk about what's your rookie year, what's your rookie card? Because if you look at any athlete, their rookie card is probably the most expensive. It is always going to be the most expensive card. And so I, I, I take that as to, that's when you're the, you're most authentic. That's when you're most valuable. Uh, people are going to remember you and, and that rookie year is going to mold you into where you want it, the player you want to be, the person you want to be. And, and so, so quickly, but it's the pressures of being someone else is immense, you know, and we have to stay true to who we are. And that's really all what I love doing, love talking about, love researching. I'm fascinated about how our, our, our brain works and how we think and how we can change habits and, you know, I got to be, you know, thankfully the phone keeps ringing. So uh, it's been a, it's been an incredible journey. I never would have been, I'm, I wouldn't never guessed I would have been on this podcast and never would have been, you know, guessed that we're being a life coach and working with all kinds of incredible people and clients and owning this big agency. 
Um, but whole, you know, it's it's amazing to me once you just become authentic, just the world opens up to you and I just keep answering the phone. So it's it's been an, uh, an amazing journey and I appreciate every single moment. I think what's hard for a lot of people is like, you know, there's these um, expectations that are set by your family or set by your, your peer group, you know, and, and people say, well, you, you got to fit in this box. And if you're a creative person, a lot of times what happens when you're a creative, you're like, you don't fit in the box. So a lot of people I work with, you know, especially talking about artists, musicians, you know, those, that type of place, you know, photographers, they don't always fit in the box. They got ideas. They're kind of on the bleeding edge. And the problem is a lot of times, like, if you got an idea that's on the bleeding edge, most people are going to shoot it down. Most people are going to say, well, that's, I don't know, we, we don't do that. That was, everybody likes to do what's been done before. So that's why you get a lot of copying. You get a lot of cloning. In our industry, we get people who sample, take this exact same thing that got in the top 10 because you've, you're confident that it worked because it did work. But then that keeps you from being on the bleeding edge. Like, because you're always looking for something that worked and you're scared of the thing that didn't work because you got to be a perfect, you got, it's always got to be perfect. My whole point with a lot of people is if you look at older music from the fifties, from the forties, fifties, you know, the older decades, the what we call happy accidents, mistakes, errors in the mix, right? That we allowed to happen and actually make the music beautiful because it was unexpected and somebody went with it. And and that's what made the song. Not that you planned it out perfectly and you did perfect pitch, you did that. That's what people don't understand in their life. And sometimes it's the thing you did not intend. I'm a software developer. Sometimes we were gonna build X, we build Y or Z because we find out what we're, with this accident that happened is actually more marketable than what we were gonna do. And you gotta have management that will that will actually support you when you show them that. And you got some management, you show them that 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 Z, and they say you were supposed to build X, and they won't approve it, and then you don't go there, and then that's the difference between like an Apple and some company that ain't around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Absolutely. So so that, I think that's where people don't understand is like you got there's a little fear in unpredictability and the essence of those things, and that's being authentic. But sometimes it's scary to be authentic because it's easier to kind of go with the crowd. It's a lot easier to go with the crowd. Let's be honest. I mean, yeah, you're exactly right. And so, um, you know, and what I'm really big on is is making sure that, you know, I always have a pen and, you know, my clients probably get sick of me probably harping on it. But never, ever what I tell people is never, ever give away your pen to, you know, writing your own stories. And too often we're giving that pen away to other people, places or things and asking them to, to write our life story, you know, and then, and then we're stuck with a life story that we don't even really recognize or can connect to because so many other people have, have been using the pen. It's almost been tossed around. And, you know, from my life for several years, I, I couldn't even tell you the number of people or the thoughts or whatever that was writing my life story. And the biggest change I think is, is owning your your life story, being the author of your own life story, and realizing that you know, yeah, the your life story may be you know manifested and maybe already written. Uh, I still believe that everything happened for a reason. I think there's a level of your life is going to play out, and you, so I enjoy being on the front row and 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 writing my own life story. 
But the thing I tell people is, you know, never be afraid to rewrite your story and never be afraid to end a chapter and start a whole new chapter. And so I think too many people want to, you know, want to be the the hero or want to say like this, you know, we can turn things around when it very well could be easier just to end that chapter, whatever it may be. Uh, I'm not telling anyone to make rash decisions or, or, or quick decisions, but you know, it, it's very easy to start a new chapter. And with you having the pen, you can write that next chapter. And so, you know, there's a lot of heartbreak and there's a lot of obstacles and there's people that have lost money and, and started companies and went bankrupt and, you know, to, to be there with them on the front lines and watch them kind of get up off the ground and, and rebuild or, or rebrand or go to another league and, and get back to being a professional, or maybe they have to go overseas and, and, and play a few years or, or whatever it may be. The, the people that I respect and admire the most are, the people that have stayed true to who they are, but you know, it's, it's the, it's the easiest thing to do is to go in with the crowd. And, you know, there's, we're living in a society where people are getting paid a lot of money to be a replicate or be a duplicate. And so there's times I, I can only imagine, in, especially in your industry that you know, I don't have a lot of experience with, but I do know that uh, the world of, of all that is, you know, it's, it takes guts to stand alone to your own beliefs and, and to stand in that crowded room and, and stand behind the music or the album or, or the beliefs or whatever it may be, the, the you know, the software. Um, and, you know, sometimes you're just going to hear crickets and there's not going to be anyone cheering your name or chanting your name, but, you know, to stay true who you are, the, the people that have made a name for themselves somewhere along the line, went out on their own and stood on their own two feet. There's always going to be people that kind of rode coattails, but the people that that we talk about and revere and they write stories about are the people that kind of broke out on their own and stood on their own two feet and made a name for themselves and were authentic. And, you know, it's the easiest story you can tell yeah. is the one you're meant to, to write. So that's, that's what I would remind people is, you know, a lot of times like you think lot. about. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people lie to themselves, you know, or, and they also, you know, you have like a bad habit, like it's like being um, like stuck in a codependency with yourself. Right. So you, you, you do something that's comfortable, but it's destructive. Right. So, you know, it, but it's not getting you out, out the box. You just kind of groundhog day doing the same thing every day and you're not moving anywhere. And you're you're scared to change, but there's there, it, the thing is like if you change, it's probably is going to hurt. It's going to be hard. There's no kind of panacea, and so some people want the thing that's going to make it easier. There's nothing that's ever easy. It's all like to me, you got to break a lot of eggs, you know, when you're doing something like we, as as creative people, how many variations? I mean, I got like a hundred songs that are sitting on the shelf to get to the one I put out. Right. There's all this stuff, work that people don't, don't see. It's like, you know, people in film, need like all the stuff that's on the cutting room floor. It's, it's a process. And we don't look at it as failure because you have to kind of try things and it may not work, but you got to put it into the world. Is why I find a lot of people are scared to put that into the world, to take what's in and actually put it out because they're scared of what the haters, they're scared of what people are going to think. How people are going to react? They're not going to like it. Of course, they're not going to like it. Most of the time, people don't like 
90% of what you put out, you know, but that's, you have to have the courage to be, be able to speak your mind and not just clone what everybody else is saying, you know, actually think something out, critical thinking, your own voice, be authentic. And that's why I don't, you know, when I do a podcast, I do a live podcast because mm-hmm. I tried kind of scripted controlled podcast. And I said, well, that's not me. Cause that's not how I do my music. I'm more like fusion jazz. I kind of let it be, make it, make it happen. And I like playing off reality, which is in the moment, what somebody's going to say and how they're going to respond. That is who they are rather than a scripted answer that we go back and cut and fix and go back again to what's like perfect. That's like, well, that's not perfect to me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The beloved edit button. I mean, but, you know, just you said the strongest word that, you know, can destroy a lot of people and failure um, can wreck a lot of people. And just that fear of the failure and, 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 and any thought of anything being labeled a failure, whether it's you or the outside world, delusional or if it's true. But, you know, I think what you're kind of you know implying, which I love to do is, is taking that power away from the word failure. And, you know, words have power. I love the, the certain words have power. And, and I'm a big believer in being impeccable with your word and making sure what you say you follow through on and making sure that your words do carry some power. But we also don't want to do the negative side. And, you know, with, with failing, uh, there's not a single successful person that I've ever come across that has never failed. Uh, they actually, you know, reframe it and label it differently as something that just didn't work out and they they crumple up the paper or whatever it is and throw it aside. And, and for them, that's just research and that's just knowledge saying that didn't work or maybe certain things that worked and, you know, but we're so quick to, to label you know, he's a, he's a bust, you know, he went in the second round or whatever it may, you know, we're labeled failure, failures or bust or, and that stays with you and so forth. And you talked about changing of habits and, you know, one thing about, you know, these really bad habits, they more often than not come with almost kind of a, an instant reward. Like, you know, some of the, the worst mm-hmm. bad, the worst habits I've ever had come with a, a reward of some type. And I think the struggle with a lot of people um, is more often than not with, with, you know, especially when you're trying to change a habit or to a bad habit, to a good habit, there's not always that instant reward. So I, you could tell me right now, yeah. Jay, you need to go <laughs> to the gym and I won't see the need to go to the gym because, you know, like I could go to the gym, work out with a personal trainer. I'm not going to see results for a couple of weeks. And so I will quit before that because i need to know something i need to see results and that's why most people struggle with you know and and what i try to do is break it down as simple as possible because a habit is isn't going to change if you don't implement and go all or nothing like you can't just do a habit one day forget about it for two days and try to do it like a habit's got to be implemented daily into your life and you got to be all right with the fact that you know you're not going to, you're not going to get rewards right away. So, yeah, that's that's the hard thing. I think like the bad habit, because it gives you that quick jolt reward. That the the hard work of actually, you know, being successful is that you have a lot of happy accidents. You have a lot of iteration. You know, 
we call in um, in software development, we have a style of, of development we call agile, which mm -hmm. means that we continually improve. We go from 1.1 to 1.2 to 1.5, 1.61. So we continually uh, improve our product and we release it day one as version one. And then you get updates on the net automatically you know, as we find out that we, we forgot something or we didn't know something or something changed. So we're never done. Where it used to be this old concept called waterfall, where it all had to be done, all or nothing, and then it was never perfect. So I like the idea of the agile iterative, iterative approach, and I kind of apply it to my life and my music and my art. Because I think if you think of an iterative approach, then you're not really losing. You're not really making mistakes. It's like, well, I didn't know that. And now I know something. So I had a lesson learned. It's not a failure. It's a lesson learned. And you move on and you iterate and you get better. Man, I love that. I mean, thanks so much. I mean, I, today's been an amazing day. And then just to add, you know, to end the day. That is amazing. I'm probably going to steal that from you, just so you know. Like, I think we, we talk about software updates, and <laughs> you're exactly right. I mean, uh, I mean, wow. Like, I'm kind of speechless because that kind of that that went straight to my heart. And we we're we're constantly in software updates, and we all know about it. If you have an iPhone, I mean, it seems like we're doing an update every three days or something like that. So I can relate to, you know, just doing a, an update and, and finding that like it's life is built on momentum. Like life is, is a series of momentum shifts. And if we can keep positive and you're talking about being agile and you talk about improving, you know, my, my motto is be 1% better than you were the day before. And if we get 1% better each and every day up to me, I want to go 100% better every single day. Like I want instant gratification. I want automatics, you know, but, you know, if I limit it to 1% better, if I can be 1% better than I was yesterday, I think I've succeeded, you know, and, you know, I think I'm, I'm maybe 2% better now that I got your software update idea that I'm going to clone as my own probably because, you know, <laughs> but I love the software update that spoke right to my heart. So I appreciate that. Yeah. But it's a lot of things, you know, in terms of like if you're a musician and you progress and you move, right? So some musicians are in that bar playing the same song every night. And then you got somebody like, you know, like Miles Davis, who came up, you know, kind of defined bebop and then created fusion. And now when he created fusion, people were like, well, that's not, bebop became the standard for jazz. So if you did anything other than bebop, then it wasn't real jazz. And so he actually threw it out and being a definer of that of that genre. He said, well, I'm doing something different. And people thought, that's not real jazz. So he was on the bleeding edge. He went and pushed it to another form. And then the, you know, and all the critics were like, that's not real music. That's not, that's not real pure jazz. And that's what happens. Like when you go and you progress to the next level, sometimes you were one of the people that created it. And then you break it. And then they were like, well, why'd you break it? Well, you know, because I, I didn't feel comfortable doing that for the rest of my life. I wanted to do something else, you know, <laughs> I didn't want yeah. to be stuck doing that. And that's kind of where I thought I tried to do my musical analogy. Like, do you want to be stuck in a bar playing the same song every night? 
for the rest of your life, or do you want to progress and actually come up with something else? That's kind of where yeah. your mind's got to be. Like you could be comfortable doing that, but you're you're still there. Like, is that really where you want to be? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, like the updates is you know is is perfect in my opinion because like we always strive to get better and you know basically just saying like everything that you've done up to this point has been great but you need to update and this you know latest software is upgrade over what's current update which may not be working and if you keep involving and keep progressing and get one percent better then now we're talking now this is the secret sauce and i think too many people uh, it's keeping me in business, quite frankly, which I love. So, you know, don't tell anyone my secret, but <laughs> I think too many people want to the big change. They want, you know, they want to go from, you know, yeah. working at Zero to you know, fast Zero food to and then, yeah. And they want to, you know, like, Hey Jay, how can I start my own company? I want to be a CEO. And and meanwhile, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're cooking chicken and someone, you know, like, well, let's just slow down. Like, let's get, you know, there's, there's a lot of steps you're skipping and what people don't realize though, if, if you go from frying chicken to, to CEO of a fortune 500 company, you're going to lose out on so many, you know, steps and learning experiences. And there's that whole journey of what you would have learned going from where you, a cook all the way to a CEO, whatever it may be. There's a lot in that journey that we just want to skip over all too often. But what I've learned is that journey, if we're experiencing each and every moment and learning from everyone that we get and come in contact with and, you know, not, you know, don't have a belief that I know all, be all, do all, see all. I mean, realize that there's people within that are put into my world and put in my life and put in my day for a certain reason that I can feed mm -hmm. off of what they're doing and learn from them. And, you know. I was life's not a competition. Like we're not out to compete. Like this isn't like you you versus me and see who's more successful at the end of the day. Like if we can collaborate what we're doing right now and learn from each other and take from each other and build each other up, then we're winning life. But I think far, far too many, you know, whether it's the video game society or whatever, we're in this competition. Like, you know, we're we're always out, you know, like you think that it's, it's me against the world. And that, I can tell you that attitude, you'll never, yeah. you'll never succeed. Well, if you find, well, well, you find with the people who actually were successful, like, you know, the so-called CEO that did it all by themselves. Yeah. If you think, I you know, would just put out point of a guy like Elon Musk. Elon Musk is not an engineer. Elon Musk knew how to pick engineers. Wait, he knew how to find the engineers from different companies and bring them together with an overall idea. Some people think he's like Edison. He's not like Edison. He doesn't know the science of being an engineer inventor himself. He's a good at picking out the right people, which is tends to be what a CEO does. They find the right people with the real skill sets and know what they don't know. Right. The thing about being an executive from what I've experienced is they find what they don't know how to do and find the best people in the world that know how to do it and bring them together. And then also bring the apparatus of the finances and everything together and they're really good at that. And then let the brain people or the idea people have free reign to do it. You know, take a creative mind and don't just put them in a cube, allow them to be creative, right? Allow, give them the space to be creative, give them the, the luxury of being creative.
which means you don't kind of put them into a nine to five industrial workshop, like a, like a, you know, assembly line, you let them have the freedom to come up with the idea. And, and that's where people make the mistake, you know, cause the thing is, well, it's all this one guy just did everything. It's usually not that it's a collaborative effort. They need a producer in their life. You know, like every musician needs a good producer. I mean, it's, it's a team event. I mean, if you look at all the successful people, uh, you're exactly right. I mean, there's a team behind, the, you know, behind the microphone, behind the desk, behind whatever. There's a there's a lot of stories behind that, and there's a lot, there's a large team behind it and reasons why. So it's uh, if we can all create our team, and and I love what you talk about. Like any true creative wants to have their voices heard, and the quickest way to stifle a creative is is not to let their voice be heard or their ideas played out, and so. Um, you know, every Monday morning, my, you know, I, I'm a big believer in, in open forums and we, you know, everyone in, in my agency kind of sits around a, a large table. We, we have a free forming kind of idea, like we're the agency, what are we doing right? What am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? Is there something I'm missing? You know, what are we doing? What did you not agree with? And it's kind of this, this whole kind of free forum where people can speak freely maybe they had an idea, maybe they have a gripe, a resentment, uh, a thought, whatever it may be, we write it all down on a whiteboard and we, we keep track of it and we talk about it. And, you know, if, if, if all of our voices are heard, I mean, I, you know, me being the top of the, the pyramid within this, you know, agency that I have, but, you know, there's, there's so many other people that have, have put me in that position and, you know, I may get all the credit, but it's a lot of great people. And, I love the fact that people can can speak up freely. They're not ashamed. They're not, you know, there's no bad idea. There's never people that are kind of laughing at this, you know, whatever the idea. So if we can all kind of have the ability to speak up and, and have our voices heard, sometimes it's not a good idea. And sometimes it's just, you know, whatever it may be, but at least we talked it all the way through. People know that they're heard. and. If we can, if people learn, if they know they want to be heard and they want to be seen and given an opportunity, you know, whatever to do, whatever you do that and with everyone you come in contact with, that's, that's winning in life. It's not going back to this competition. Like I said, if, you know, there's everything happened for a reason in my world, I believe it. And every single person that comes in my life and works for me or works with me or you know client or whatever it may be they all have a purpose in my life and you know they cover up my blind spots which i love i got i got several people that cover up they're here in the agency because specifically the, i know my blind spots and these guys are are the best at covering up the blind spots and, and that's what i love and i'm all right with that so i don't need to be the end all be all yeah but I think that's a real good thing to know is like being self-aware and, and also having the thought, you know, connection to your, your action, you know, because a lot of people, they have thoughts and they have these ideas, but then they never put it into action. So if you've got thoughts and ideas and they just stay in your head, they stay in your sphere and they never go out when people don't read your mind. So sometimes there are some people that somehow think that, that what they have in their head is understood outside of their head and they never speak it. They just somehow think people should have known, but like you have to actually communicate. And this is where I think there's, and when you communicate and then you're self-aware, 
then you can be in the best of all positions because like I you know what you don't know. Like again, like if you're gonna go and create like a band, right? If you're in a band, like I'm not a drummer. So I'm not gonna tell the drummer how to play. I may have an idea, but I know that they know how to do the drums, just like the bass player is a bass player. I'm a piano player. Now I could write a bass line and I could write chords for the guitar player, but I'm not gonna go and say that how he actually decides to use those chords should be exactly how I do them on the piano because it's not a guitar. And so I'm going to let him be who he is because that's going to make the song better if I let everybody that knows what they know, the best of their, their, their instrument, their capability, and let them take it and not make them scared because they didn't play it note for note the way I did, that it's wrong. And, and there was a really good example of this. I'll just tell one more thing is um, Herbie Hancock was playing with, with Miles Davis and he hit the wrong chord. And, and he was like, so uh, wondering what Miles was going to do. He thought Miles was going to kill him. And then Miles looked at him and then actually changed the key of the song and changed it to fit the chord that Herbie did. And then Herbie said, I, well, I learned a life lesson in that, what I thought was the end of the world, this accident was actually life. And Miles told me how to recover from being in the present. Being in the present, like in a fusion band, somebody changes the structure, you go with it at that moment, and you don't worry about what it could have been or what it should have been. You let it be what it is. And then you make something new and you create new music and you give a new, you create a new song and then you go forward. If people would think that way, Instead of being so scared of what might happen and just let it happen and be true to yourself and trust yourself. Man, that's a, I love that story. I mean, that, you're talking about, you know, people I grew up on listening to my mom and dad and so forth. But, you know, I think, I think the lesson I took out of that is, you know, how we can play off each other. I mean, like there, you see it all the time. You see it every in the news and the, you know, that the people stopping, calling each other out, calling friends out. I mean, what a life lesson is to go with the flow and not just stop everything, point out the mistake and and go from there. Like what he did was a mistake was had and they made, you know, you know, we a proper change and and pro everyone probably didn't know none the wiser and so forth. I mean, if we're talking yeah. about people, you know, covering up for each other and not making a big deal and not calling out mistakes and, and covering, I mean, cover, I, I don't like the words covering up mistakes, but it's, you know, I think there's far too many finger pointing in this world um, and people, mm -hmm. you know, pointing out other people's shortcomings when reality is the, the life lesson you just laid out, which is a dynamite one is like, are, are we looking for opportunities where we don't necessarily have to point the finger at and we can we can veer off and we can get to the same goal or maybe a different goal and and none the wiser we don't have to throw people under the bus and we don't have to point fingers and we can just you know play off each other and realize that none of us are perfect and you know if i make mistakes like ah god like that just warms my heart because i i know there's a lot of people that have my back that i've made mistakes probably made a couple today alone you know, and no one maybe no one's going to know because there's I got incredible people, incredible individuals that we just yeah. play off each other and cover each other up. So 
Um, you know, kind of like, I, you know, it's not. <laughs> yeah. But like, if you like the actor on off Broadway doing a live play, maybe being a like a like a you know they're actually a type of actor that kind of lives it right. They're, so they're going to do it from that point of view, and they just play off of it, right? So it's if I if I become so into this character that even if somebody says the wrong line, I can I can still respond to it. I don't have to start and stop and redo the whole scene. I can play off of it and say, well, this character would respond like this. So I'm just going to respond like that and act like it was part of the show. And I think if people learn how to use their creativity to create, be in the present, like I said, if you're in the present and then you, you don't go and like, Oh, you're, you're pointing fingers. Like a person who's like so into perfection said, well, that's not in the script. That's not on the plan. That's not on the flow chart. Then they got to stop the whole thing. And it's like, well, did you really need to stop the whole thing? Probably not, you know, but, you know, why are you doing that? Because you're trying to be perfect. Is anything perfect in the world? No, there isn't. There's certain things that have to be very precise. And you have to know when you're in that situation, like a surgeon. <laughs> it's, it's probably yeah. something that's got to be very precise and you probably don't have a lot of room. But there are other things that aren't as that critical. And so you kind of have to know the situation you're in and be kind of and be present in the world. And part of it is listening. Cause if you're so focused on the next step, are you actually even listening to the current step? Probably not. <laughs> no. I mean, I think, I mean, just communication style is, uh, leaves a lot to be desired and so forth. I, I think you're exactly right. And I think too many people, already have the response, you know, in their hip pocket and, and the, the art of listening and, and so forth. I, I will say that the people that are doing authentic listening and, and creative listening and, and storytelling and so forth are the ones that are making a difference. I mean, I, I, you know, the listening will, will get you so far in, in life because far too many people are too busy talking and not a lot of listening. And what I've found is it's the listeners you have to be, you have to watch out for. I mean, what the life lesson that I've taken from you is the act of putting it on, you know, making the song, doing whatever it is. I mean, there's, I got a, I got a handful of friends right now that are sitting complaining about the job, the nine to five job they have and all these great ideas and they never acted on any of these ideas and then complain and resentful at, you know, people out there running their own agencies or doing their stuff. The, the power of doing, the power of following through with what you, you, you know, commitments to self, being impeccable with your word. I mean, you know, how often we, you know, I'll say something and then never follow through on it. And all that's doing is, is working within subconsciously. And sooner or later, you keep doing that, your subconscious, your mind's going to tell you, like, this is a guy that, that doesn't do a lot, like he thinks a lot, and that negative thought process will domino and fat, you know. So, and yeah. you know, I believe if you're around me, if you say you're going to be somewhere, uh, follow through. And if you're going to be late or if you're going to change, like uh, my friends think I'm some kind of dictator or something, but I really believe that, you know, following through on what your, you know, commitments and following through on your word and making sure your words have power. Like what you hit on is, you know, let's not be afraid of labeling failure. Let's just 
let's give it our best and put it on the record or put it on paper, or whatever your whatever action you need to do. Let's eliminate, surrender the outcome. Let's let's not have a finishing grade. Just be in the moment of doing whatever it is. Because if you're making all these commitments and you're, you know, I should do this and I should do that and I should do, you know, and sitting back and not doing anything, I'm telling you subconsciously, you know, <laughs> I've studied the brain long, you know, long yeah. enough. Like your brain is just like, you know, I don't even know why you do that anymore. You're not going to follow through on it. And it, it's just going to lead to more resentment resentment and just beating yourself up subconsciously so what i learned from you and i think it's a valuable valuable lesson that i hope isn't being overshadowed is the power of just doing the power of doing the next step and and just doing it and eliminating surrendering the outcomes <laughs> and and not being a success or a failure not saying this is going to be a top five hit or whatever it may be because we don't know if we surrender the the art of doing is you'll be surprised by just doing so yeah what i found you know is with this podcast and I, there's a there's a metric on podcast that most podcasts fail after six or 12 episodes i'm at like 985. now how did i get there because when i was at the 12th episode and it wasn't getting a lot of numbers i didn't stop part of what my did was my grandpa said like just showing up is like 90 percent of it so if you show up and you, you're consistent and you figure out, you learn from your mistakes and you don't keep on doing the same thing, but you just, just being here has opened up a lot of doors. You know, we've been out here since 2016 and now, you know, we're on all these platforms and we're out here, you know, podcasting pretty much almost every day of the week. And we, we are getting known for what we do. And we weren't paying bots and we weren't doing this. We just did it and we started to get a, a following. And you do have to care about what you're doing because if you go out and you're phoning in, no one's going to like it. If you're not authentic, no one's going to like it. But if you're willing to be honest and authentic and show up and be consistent, that's half of it. It's like you don't need the best gear. You don't need the best mic. You kind of just need to have the drive. A lot of that drive got us to where we are without the best equipment. And now we got better equipment because over time we got sponsors and people gave it to us. But it's like, it's, you don't have to have the best equipment day one to do it. Some people I talked to, some guy that wanted to do a podcast for five years and he still hasn't done it. He said, well, I need the mic. I need the camera. I need this. He gave me a list of all these things he needed. I said, well, I did, when I did mine. I just did it on the phone. It was just an audio thing on a cheap phone and it didn't, wouldn't sound that great, but you have to start and you start where you are and then you go from there. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of wannabe podcasters right now judging your podcast. I mean, the fact is it's night and day you're out there doing it and putting yourself out there. And there's a lot of people that, you know, want to be podcasters and they're going to stay in that category. And you know, it's the Nike effect. I mean, just do it. And, you know, just, you know, we we're so hard on ourselves and we're so worried about what others think. Uh, I mean, that's what I think there's true power in, in showing up authentically. And, and so it, it's, it prevents so many, you know, different, you know, of people. I mean, I can only imagine like the level of innovations, if everyone would eliminate the fear and just stand authentic, 
and bring their ideas to light and go out and do it. And there's so many people that are sitting in a garage that have the power to change lives, no matter what it is, but they're not doing it because they're scared and they're really comfortable in their nine to five. Now they're, they're complaining about it nonstop, but they're really comfortable. They love the paycheck every two weeks. And, you know, uh, the biggest, the biggest thing that, I mean, holy, I, you know, I, one thing I never really got is was building an agency with nothing really a background and just a desire and a, and a thought and, you know, two clients. I mean, it's, you know, going from that paycheck every two weeks or the, the life or the, or the insurance and, and all the things of working for someone else gets really, really comfortable. And then when I, when I stepped out, like you can bet your sweet tush that, you know, I had second thoughts. I mean, I was, there was a lot of times when I was like, Oh, maybe I'll just go back to, to finding a job or whatever it may be. Uh, I'm thankful that I had people around me. I'm thankful that people kept pushing me. I'm thankful that we're in a position right now where I'm offering that paycheck to to people every two weeks. But you know, there's the 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 feeling of what others think or putting yourself out there. Um, yeah, I mean, you need to be commended, and people need to realize that you know, very few podcasters get to the level and the number of episodes you're going. And there was probably days and times that you did not feel like doing it. And there may be, you know, you kept, you fought through it, you did it, you put it on paper, you put it on the air and, and God will. I mean, it's, that's what that makes the difference. People think it's talent and people think there's like experience or intellect. More often than not, it's just the ability to show up and do it. So you, you provide, you provide yeah. inspiration just, just by showing up. Well, that's what I try to tell people. Like, if you've got all these ideas, like I knew this painter and they had tons of work and they're sitting in their studio. I said, well, well, when's your next gallery show? I was like, I never had a gallery show. So what's all this work doing here? He said, well, I can't, I'm not, I'm not ready. He's like, well, how long you've been doing this? Like 10 years. He's like, you're not ready in 10 years. It's like, when are you ever going to be ready? He's like, like, you know, go put it on the net. You know, go go to South Boston and go to all the galleries over there. There are these small, small galleries, and walk to each one of them with the best piece of work you got, and come in there and walk and do that. Have you done that? Like, no. Well, that's that's something you could do. You know, it's like 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 you got to get to imaginations. Like, you don't necessarily have to have the agent the first time. You know, you could you could go to to free things. You could do some things like, like the shoe leather approach. Like my dad was a salesman, an insurance salesman. And he had that shoe leather approach. You walk to every house, you go on the phone book, you call every person. Sometimes you have to do the work. I think some people are either scared of the work or intimidated by the work. And they say, well, that's not going to work. It's like, well, you got to do it. <laughs> yeah. Now is the best time. Now is the easiest time. If there was ever such an easiest time to be an entrepreneur or an idea maker, I mean, the way that technology and everything is just at our fingertips. Like you're talking about your dad looking up, you know, you know, phone numbers in a yellow pages or a phone book or knocking on a, on a door, going door to door, selling stuff. Like you don't have to do that anymore. There's apps and there's, you know, like your software engineer. I mean, all these, everything is at our fingertips. It's getting to be, you know, more and more at our fingertips. It's the easiest time 
to be anything you want to be in life, quite frankly. And the only thing holding people back is them and they complain about it. But, you know, it's, you know, if there's anything we talk, I get a lot of sometimes digging the ditches and, and people kind of, you know, I, I the overriding theme that I want to, to let people know is like, you can do, you can be, you can say whatever you want. I mean, just be authentic. And if you're chasing for dollars or fame or whatever it may be, you're probably not going to be a success. But if you're doing it for the right reasons and it just feels good and you're showing up and even when there's two people in the crowd, you're still playing that song like, the, you know, like you're selling out a stadium, like nothing changes, whatever, whatever we're doing, like you have the opportunity to do, be, say whatever you want. And there's a platform for it all. Um, but, you know, you have to look inside. There's a lot of people that, you know, want to become a CEO, want to leave their cushy job that I work with and, and do whatever, or they're always having new job offers. And, you know, the, the most important thing is to analyze yourself. There's a lot of people that are meant to be CEOs. There's a lot of people that are meant to be entrepreneurs, you know, but there's a lot of really good people that need to be COOs and CMOs and, you know, operations directors and, and so forth. Like, Cause that makes the world go wrong, you know, around. So if we all yeah. play our role, we don't all have to be CEOs. And some people think like, well, sometimes they, you can, yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's the only thing because like in my business, like I'm a, I'm a business analyst. I design stuff, right? I'm not the programmer, right? I've been an architect and I've been a manager. And so within software design, you don't have to just be a programmer. You don't have to be a CEO. A lot of times in programming, I mean, it is the architects and the analysts. They come up with the business idea. We come up with the business design. So we have the overall idea in English of what something's going to have to do. The programmers actually code it. It's more like factory work. They didn't have the original idea. They're like the worker on the line building. The person who had the idea is the architect or the business analyst. They actually had the business idea that's very creative. And the thing about that is some of the people who are analysts don't have comp sci degrees, have art degrees, have English degrees, have sociology degrees, have history degrees. What they know how to do is they know how to write and they know how to come up with an idea and present it. And so sometimes in, in tech, people think everybody's an egghead. Now everybody's an egghead. Some people are idea people. And so it doesn't, some people get intimidated and think it's got to be all math and logic and they don't understand that you could walk in that door with an art degree or an English degree and get to a high position. And you never even walked in the door because you never tried. Yeah. It's all right to be, you know, second in charge or a marketing or design or, or, you know, so many people, I get it all the time from young people and I do all these presentations and I go, speak to colleges and, you know, everyone wants to be the entrepreneur. Everyone wants to be the man, the woman, the CEO. And like I said, like, you know, I have, I have a guy that I'm so glad is my COO and my CFO. I mean, cause they do things that I'm not capable of doing and, you know, no offense. Like I'm really comfortable knowing that they're not, you know, they're not out for my job and they're not looking for other jobs. They're, you know, they're treated well, they do their specific job really, really well, you get commended for it. And, you know, you don't all have to be CEOs, you don't have to be the flashy business card, there's a lot of people making a lot of money, 
being 10th in charge and ninth in charge or creative designer, or creative director or architect and all these things that you just mentioned. I mean, there's yeah. opportunities galore. And I think too many people, our society says, you've got to be the man, you got to be the woman, you got to be the CEO, you got to be the decision maker. And we're talking kids out of, you know, being a healthy part of a huge organization, because I can tell you, if the organization gets big enough, the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, you know, all in charge are still going to be making a lot of money. So. Yeah, it's a lot of kids, you know, a lot of people look at in these job boards and they're very, very specific about what they want. But I was talking to somebody and it's kind of like me. It's like I went into this business without a comp sci degree, with a liberal arts degree, bachelor's degree, but liberal arts. And I applied and got into an IT department without a comp sci degree. Now, how how does that happen? Well, you, you kind of have to have confidence to walk in the door and tell your story in the elevator pitch. And what I told somebody was like, you need somebody who can talk to the programmers and talk to the business people and kind of write, write research papers. And this was back in the 80s. And I went and told the executive at this insurance company, I know I'm not a programmer, but I know I could figure out what the business people want and what the programmers need and be the bridge. And so I kind of created my own position by talking, by giving a pitch and doing a little research about, I saw a gap and I think they need somebody that knows how to write research papers and be able to explain what's going on. And so if you do it in today, you have the internet. I didn't have the net, but I went and did search in the libraries and stuff. But like today, people could do that research on the, on the net, figure it out, write a pitch, go on to like 20 boards, apply for stuff. Don't be scared to apply for things that aren't a perfect fit. Everybody thinks they have to be a perfect fit. But if it interests you and it looks exciting, you bring that excitement to the interview. You go tell somebody that you you really, you know, you make them want you because you get infectious. You, you make your enthusiasm infectious and then they want to bring you in. And that's how Preach you get it. Preach it, man. Preach it. And you can get Preach stuff that you don't even, you didn't even think you could get it, but you could get it. And that's where people stop themselves because they don't even know they could get it. <laughs> God, what a what an inspiring time! I mean, what an inspire. I mean, look, what you've done. I, I really hope the listeners are are taking notes. I mean, you guys get this each and every time. So, I mean, I'm inspired. You got a new follower. I'm just I'm going to be watching you from afar because there's a lot of philosophies and a lot of things you're doing and preaching and teaching uh, just by doing. And you know that I've picked up so many different things from you just by you telling stories of you doing. And that's that's the most important thing. It's, I'm sure you're very intelligent. I'm, very, you know, I'm sure you're very creative and all those, you know, but it's the act of doing that's inspiring me. And I hope people realize that is you're finding a niche, you're finding some research, you're doing some uncomfortable work, like you're going out, it's not just gonna be handed to you, but you've done it and you're continuing to do it. And I think, we need more of you guys out. You know, we need to be raising our voice. We need to provide hope. We need to be planting seeds with the young people that, you know, it's, it's, you know, be you and find your role within this world. Yeah. I mean, if you do what I'm saying, you won't be replaced by AI because you can show why human being is needed. 
and I believe the creativity, like you're saying, um, you know, it's part of your agency name. Creativity is the one thing that human beings have. Everybody has it. And the one thing AI is never going to get because it learns based on human creativity. Well, who's the source? The source is the human. So you're the source. And they're kind of like, that's the second thing. Now it's a tool. Now some people might use it as the primary thing, but you can make it so you never get replaced by AI. If you believe in yourself, if you show that human spark, that interest and the curiosity that when you're a kid, you continue to have it. And, and I think that's the core. If people want to go forward with this world instead of being scared of it, go and, and get in front of it. The world is always evolving. When the internet came, I mean, it's it was supposed to knock out half the half the jobs and so forth. The, you know, you just learn, you get accustomed to it. AI is just another evolution. We need to learn it and, and move on. It's not going to take the place. We're all authentic people and we feed off each other and no computer has an authentic personality and authentic brand. So if, if people stop living in fear and just embrace what you're really good at and go, go get it, go grab it, whatever it is you want to do, go do it and know that you're going to appreciate the journey. It's not going to come easy. It's not going to come overnight, but just go out, grab it and go get it. And, you know, you're a prime example of someone that's, you know, going out and doer. You're a doer, which is amazing. And you're inspiring. Uh, and you're finding the holes in those blind spots. And that's what that's what this is all. This is what creativity is. And it's not about playing an instrument. And it's not about anything other than you got creative finding holes and finding ways to make money and do what you love. And that in itself is creativity in its purest form. I want to thank you again for being on the show. We kind of hit our hour mark. It always goes by yeah. so quick. Want to let people know about your URL, SoberCaddyCreativeAgency.com. And if somebody clicks on there, what do they find again? You can tell the audience if they click on that URL. Oh, you yeah, click on it. I mean, I love hearing from people. And so just ideas, any thoughts, any ideas, any any feedback. Um, I use my hands probably too much. You can give me a feedback. I, I honestly just love hearing from people and ideas and, you know, thought changes and habit changes. If you have a, if you have something that you're implementing in your life, that's a positive change, let me know, just go to the contact form, send me an email, send me a description. Uh, I just love feeding off and learning from other people. So uh, it's nothing spectacular. Sober Caddy Creative Agency, we like our actions and our words and everything to do it, but everyone needs a website, but please, uh, don't hesitate to reach out. If there's anything I can do to help you or any of your viewers or listeners, I want to do it uh, because we all need to start planting more seeds. Well, thank you very much for being on the Family Electric Ghost podcast. Again, this will be on every everywhere that podcast can be listened to or watched will be widely available tomorrow. We'll send that landing page. And uh, again, thank you for being on the program. I appreciate it so much. Keep uh, keep inspiring people.